Now this morning we're going to be looking at a radiant community. Specifically here in the word we're going to take out of Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. And this week seems like the perfect week to talk about community. Uh, at my parents' house, so where we were, my brother and his four kids and wife, they were in town. We had my sister Jamie, who's our daycare director, her four kids, my wife and I, our five kids, and mom and dad, and then various other people. On Thanksgiving, a couple of different people. On Wednesday night, we had our whole, uh, his whole family, uh, or a bunch of his family. So his, his uh, brother, a couple of his kids, their kids. We had lots of people in this house. So between 20 and 30, every single meal. By the end, I'm pretty sure dad was just ready for it to be over. Uh, <laughs> loved it, but I think he was ready for it to be over. And it was, it was a great time. Um, but when I think about Thanksgiving, some of you maybe, if you say I was with a lot of family this week, would you raise your hand? So there's a bunch of you with a lot of family. Okay, so probably it was amazing and perfect, but there was probably also a time or two where you had to decide whether you wanted your way or you wanted to be right or you wanted whatever, or you just wanted to have peace in the family, right? Uh, anybody, anybody else that may be in that sort of a case? When you have family together, it's exciting, and exciting is good, and sometimes exciting is stressful. It can be lots of things. Uh, normally, it's loud. So some of you don't like loud, so, you know, those sorts of things. But we had our Thanksgiving meal, and I find Thanksgiving to be so bizarre because most people have turkey on Thanksgiving. If you had turkey on Thanksgiving, would you raise your hand? Okay, so pretty near to 100% in the room. Uh, the question I have is, who in this room, turkey is your favorite meat? Like, you get to pick any meat, that's the one you want. Anybody in the room, you say, that's me. Two? Okay. Three? Four? Okay, I see four hands that are turkey, or five. So five people in the room, turkey is your favorite meat. Um, I find it so bizarre, because every year we do this. Some of us do this to ourselves Thanksgiving and Christmas. We pick the worst meat possible to celebrate the biggest holidays possible. And it... <laughs> boggles my mind why we do this to ourselves. So, right? I mean, yes. So this year and the last few years, we have decided we do ham as well. Uh, when we were kids, I think, I don't know why we, we never ate ham besides bacon. That was all we did when it came to pigs. But now, Thanksgiving, we add some ham in there. And uh, so it's always funny because it is not my mom's first thing on her list of doing but she bought this awesome honey-baked ham, and then it's about time to put food on the table. It's like, hey, where's the ham? It's like, it's in the refrigerator. It's like, you bought a honey-baked ham, and you're not going to cook the honey-baked ham? <sighs> she, she said she didn't know she was supposed to cook it, right? So this is the whole deal. Is it not amazing that when we are doing the things we do, that some of us would be like, what? Now, yesterday, mom, this would make you feel really good, had some people over for the Ohio State-Michigan game, and I talked about this. You can keep your mouth shut over there. But I had, um, we had some people over. I was telling this story, and they're like, we don't cook ours either. You don't have to cook a honey-baked ham. It's pre-cooked. You're not going to get sick. It just doesn't taste as good, but that's okay. And so you realize when you're together with lots of people that people do different things than you do, right? Is that, that's pretty much 100%. If anybody else is with you, then your perfect ideal it goes out the window because someone else's perfect ideal is not going to be the same. 
just that's how it is. And when I think of the church and I think of the life of the church, guess what? It's the same way. There's no way we can get all of us together. We can get all of us in this room, all of us in the 930 service, all of us out in Marysville, and we all just be 100%. We got the same ideas. We got the same wants, the same needs. Like if, it does not work that way. But here in Acts, and I think what we can look at is that there's a few things that need to be above anything else important. It doesn't matter if the ham is hot or cold. It doesn't matter why we eat turkey. But what does matter are a few things that the word I think would speak to us this morning that uh, I believe God can speak through his word. So let's read Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple, together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now before we jump right into this portion, if you look at the, the last few days of the early church, uh, it's been a pretty exciting time. Jesus died, that wasn't exciting, they thought it was all over. But it turned around quickly when he rose again from the dead. When he went, ascended into heaven, like that would have been a pretty cool moment to have been a part. And then to be there at the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the beginning of Acts chapter 2. Pretty awesome. And then the rest of Acts chapter 2, where Peter, who was just denying Jesus a couple, uh, several, several weeks before, and all of a sudden he gets up and speaks with boldness to same people that probably were a part, at least some of them, in putting Jesus or in, in wanting him to be crucified, gets up with boldness and sees 3,000 people come to know the Lord. Now, when we were just in Marysville, their number is almost exactly 120 people. So I said, just imagine 120 people that were in this room and then add 3,000 people to that, right? That would be pretty cool. Like, let's give it a whirl next Sunday. Um, there's not enough seats. We're going to need more services. There's a lot of problems. And guess what? When you bring a whole bunch of people in, there are needs that take place. And here we see their response to a whole lot of change, a whole lot of people, a whole lot of looking different than it did only a few weeks before. In fact, when Jesus was there with them and now the apostles teaching, uh, what they were dealing with. So we're going to look at four things this morning that I believe we can see and grow from here in these verses. The first is a radiant community requires a common goal. It says they de devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. Now, I'm so thankful that we have the New Testament, the Old Testament. We've got the whole word. They obviously also is pretty cool, like Peter standing up and just talking to, like that would be pretty neat, the apostles. But they were there, and it says they devoted themselves, or they continued steadfastly, some other translations would say. When it comes to teaching, when it comes to theology, when it comes to the word, this is one area where I don't want to come up with some new super slick idea or thought. 
What we are called to do and what they were called to do was with a common goal to experience God in the apostles' teachings. To understand what God had for them. Not their own ideas, but what was God speaking as he spoke through the apostles. There was something about letting the word become real and active. And the apostles in their day would have been like if we take the word of God, that we, we need to listen to it as they were leading the church and, and telling them what needed to take place, what turned into a lot of their teaching and letters into the New Testament. That this teaching was vital. And not, once again, just some idea or my thought of what it was, but what are the apostles preaching? What is the word saying to us? Because when we understand that it's not my own, but the common goal is to look like this word, to act like what this word would say, to do what this word says, then it means that maybe what my childhood thoughts were, what I was taught as a child or growing up, or maybe even what I came in the room today, what I thought I was supposed to do, if the word of God speaks different than that, then I need to align with the word, not with what I want or thought or what I've seen. It's what does the word of God speak, devoted themselves, a common goal to the apostles' teachings. And I love that they put in here the teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread. Because this is awesome. I encourage you, please come on Sunday morning. The more people, the better. It's more fun. It's all those things. But I also encourage you, don't let a room, a building with a couple hundred people in it, don't let that be your church experience. Let's get together with the word. Let's sit around a table. Let's eat food together. Let's break bread together. Let's learn because there's something that happens on a Sunday morning when you might get preached at, or you might feel that way sometimes. You get preached at, but there's a different thing when we sit around and we're talking about the word. And we begin to commune about what God is speaking to us. And we begin to talk about, oh man, when I grew up, this is more what I thought, but the word is speaking different. That means I might need to align myself or sometimes even if we're communing and we're fellowshipping, it might be that someone needs to come and say, hey, Pastor Chris, this is what we're reading about, but I don't know that this is what's happening. So maybe we need to make some adjustments. Just one to another that someone could admonish us, encourage us to take a step where we should go. If we as Radiant Life Church have a common goal, of experiencing God, of studying the word, of giving ourselves over to the word and letting that be our life, then we can go somewhere in a special way. The word, the teaching of the apostles, the breaking of bread, the fellowship. And then it says, and of prayer. This last Sunday morning, I don't know, I was Thanksgiving week. I don't know that I would think that our prayer time on Tuesday morning would be our biggest prayer time in a long time on Thanksgiving week, but that's what it was. We had 15 of us on Tuesday morning from 7 to 8 o'clock. It was so much fun. There's something about living our lives in a constant state of prayer. So I'm not talking only about a corporate time, but there's something that happens. The more that I commune with God, the more I spend time with God, the more I align with the Word of God, that it makes me want to be together in prayer. It makes me want to not miss a Tuesday morning prayer time because it's so much fun. It's, it's not something I have to do, but it's something we get to do. We get to be a part of seeing God's kingdom come to earth. We get to be a part of seeing one more person come to know Jesus. 
There's a common goal, and when we're moving there together, we want to look like the Word, act like the Word. We want to be around one another, encouraging each other to take the step to align with the Word. We want to spend more time with Jesus. And an hour on Tuesday morning somehow goes by so fast. The first half hour, we just kind of walk around and individual prayer. It's like, done. Then we come over here, we sit down, and all of a sudden it's like that was the fastest half hour of the week. How in the world? But when we are aligning with God, when we're aligning with what he says, when we're doing what he's called us to do, even in fellowshipping through prayer, there's something special that happens. And I want to encourage us, you Radiant Life Church, that we are going to have one common goal, and that's to see one more person become a disciple of Jesus. Look like the Word of God. One common goal, to study the Word of God, to proclaim the Word of God, to fellowship, to pray, to see our world come to know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what matters. One common goal. As we continue here, we see that a rating community also requires an awe of God. In verse 43, it says, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. When we begin to live our life with a common goal, to see the goodness of God, to see the teaching of the word, of the apostles become real in our life, to spend time in prayer, then it only becomes more and more natural to say, I don't just want to come to church. I don't want to just be religious, but Lord, I want to, and all of a sudden begin to expect to see something different in my life, to see signs and wonders happen where I just step back and say, Lord, I, I can hardly believe what you did. I can hardly believe your touch in my life. I can hardly believe how you've shown yourself. And there's something about a realization that when I'm in the word, when I'm fellowshipping, that we can sit back and literally just say, Lord, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at you. I'm amazed at how you move, what you do. In the foyer before the first service, talking to one of our ladies who God has done a miracle in her life for over two, two and a half months, trying to figure out some health things, some issues that were not very comfortable. And God, right before going to a specialist, just bam, God healed her. She said, the doctors don't know what to do and got pastors to pray, prayed herself, got friends to pray. And guess what? God healed her, so she didn't even have to go to that thing because there was nothing to look at anymore. And now it's been, I think, three or four weeks of perfect health. And she's like, I I I do know how. God did it. There's no other way to say it. But how amazing is that? And what happens when we begin to say, you know what? The doctors, they're good. And praise God for the doctors. Praise the Lord. But Lord, you are the ultimate. You are the creator. You are the great physician. And Lord, I'm going to put my trust in you before any human on any subject. And when we begin to look and live our life with the expectation of, Lord, you are so good. I stand in awe. That's why to me, a Sunday morning worship when we're singing, I love it. Because that's what we're doing is standing and giving him praise and glory and honor. And there's just an awe that begins to build within us. Church, when we have a common goal of experiencing the God of the universe, and then we begin to, Lord, believe that signs and wonders are going to take place. That's when we can take and see an outpouring of God. A radiant community desires an outpouring of God with signs and wonders. 
And I pray that we, I pray me, that's my prayer, more and more. Lord, we want to see more than what we can do ourselves. I don't want a growing church because we've got good structures or plans, although we want to do those things. Working on all that stuff. But Lord, I want to see a growing church because you are supernaturally showing up week after week, day after day. And not on Sundays and Wednesdays, but on Mondays and Tuesdays when you're at your job, when you're with people, when you're in your homes. That signs and wonders are following you because that's where we're walking, a common goal to see our world come to know Jesus. Common goal. An awe of God. Third today, a radiant community requires generous hearts. Now I could feel it when we were reading before that some of you here were like, oh man, I hope he skips over this part later. And I did not. But it says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributed the, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. We mentioned earlier that last week you gave over $27,000 to missions. The thing that I think is so amazing, guess how much giving $27,000 affects your personal seat today, what you're doing today? None. It's not about a personal thing, but it's about a generous heart to say, God, I'm going to say yes to you, and we're going to see people come to know you that we're most likely, almost 100%, not going to see until heaven someday. We don't even know what the impact is in most cases. And church, when we begin to have a generous heart, it's not about, no, no worries, you don't have to come sign anything and sell stuff this morning. But this morning, when we have an awe of our God, when we have a common goal, if the Lord would even ask us to sell something that we don't really have to have, or maybe downsize, or maybe whatever it might be, my question for myself and my question would be for us, would we be willing, like the early church, to start selling stuff so we can make an impact and make a difference and help a brother or sister around us. And my prayer is that I would, my prayer is that we would be willing to say yes to God no matter what that ask would be. That we'd be willing to say yes to God if he calls you to be a missionary somewhere around the world, which would be way different than probably what you're doing right now. I pray, like, Lord, you're the boss. I'm in. I'll do whatever it is. If he asks us to sell something so we can bless a family, Lord, I'll sell it. I'll do what you've called me to do. If he asks us to, to make a sacrifice so we can give or be a part of a missions thing, Lord, I'll do what you ask me to do. And how? When, how do we get to a place in our life where that even sounds like something that we'd even think about? What we just talked about. When we have an awe of our Creator when we understand the common goal, when we understand what he has for us, when we understand it's about winning one more person for Jesus, and that's way more important than my preference. All of a sudden, it's not even that big a deal. And if God asks us to stay, take a step of faith, okay, I'm in. Lord, you take care. You make it happen. And then we begin to realize that the more that we give, whether it's in money or whether it's in our time or whether it's in just our own thinking, the more that we actually become alive and the more we have in God because it's not about my stuff and what I have to do and my, 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 but it instead is, Lord, you do whatever you want, open hands to you. And when we have generous hearts in their day, that's how 3,000 people could join a church of 120 people. The feasts for the Jewish people in their day, thousands of people would come into town and they would open their homes. They would give uh, of, of their own stuff. And they wouldn't 
charge. They wouldn't do those things. They would just welcome people in because it was a a party. It was a, a feast. It was worship of God. And this church understood that it's not about a couple times a year, but this is how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be all in. I'm going to give whatever God would ask of me. And in their day, they did whatever it was that God asked of them. A radiant community is more passionate about God than our personal preferences. And I want to encourage us. Let's be that. More passionate about what he is. Would you just make it a a habit of your life just to ask the Lord. Talk to him. Lord, what would you speak to me? What would you do? Is there anything you would challenge me to do? And if you start giving God those opportunities in your life, I believe you'll be blown away as he speaks to you. He shows you. He reveals something to you. That if we're not in prayer, if we're not in the word, if we're not going after him, if we're not in a spot of being all in awe of him, we're never going to let him speak. And we're going to miss out on what he wants to do and the true freedom that he wants to give and bring to you. Generous hearts, awe of God, common goal. And the fourth thing this morning is a radiant community requires praising God. Verse 46 and 7, And day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. When we're in a place Of, Lord, I'm going to say yes to you no matter what. Lord, I'm going to say yes to you. There's only praise can come from our hearts. Uh, Last week or two weeks ago, we got to join with Pastor Stephen Stewart of Revive Church. And uh, they are killing it. Last year, we were able to help them, or or, earlier this year, to get into a building. Because one of you... On a day we were not taking an offering, said, I feel God wants to, me to give $100,000 to be a part of Revive Church. You're like, you what? Right? Like, that's what happens when we start saying, Lord, I'm in. And he was in that room, in our board meeting, talking about what they want to see happen. And that they want to get showers put in. They want to make it a warming station. They're right on the hilltop where people need just warmth when it's cold. That he has all these dreams and visions of what he wants to have happen. And I encourage you. We're not taking an offering today. But we're going to be taking an offering at some point. Because we're going to help them make that happen. We're going to take teams and work and help get the job done. Why? Because it's not about us and maybe our preference. But Lord, how can we... See, people, they don't even have homes. That they're maybe homeless. That we can see the message of the gospel proclaimed to them. Church, there's something when we begin to understand. And then we can say, thank you, Lord. Sitting in that board meeting. Just saying, thank you, Lord, that we got to be a small part. And we get to be a small part of what you're doing Revive church on the hilltop of what you're doing here in Dublin, of what you're doing in Marysville. We get to be a part of your kingdom. It just makes you sit back in awe and wonder and say, thank you, God, that we're here, that we know that there's understanding. Thank you, God, that that your word, the truth of Acts chapter 2, Lord, that we've experienced it. Thank you, God, that your spirit has been poured out. And we're not called to do this on our own, but we get to do this as a family. 
one common goal, to look and to act and to see this book poured out in our world, to see Jesus, his salvation poured out. As we even come to a close this morning, I want to encourage you, maybe the Lord has spoke something during this time. Maybe he's challenged you. Maybe there's something that you're like, oh man, I I know what God's speaking and I need to take a, a step of faith in that. And if so, I encourage you with everything in me, don't don't stop. Don't just let it be a feeling, but take God on his word. Say yes and take a step in him. Watch as when we step into what he has, we get to step back and just be in awe. And praise the God of the universe. Because he's good. In fact, all over this room, if we could just bow our heads and close our eyes. Before we, we leave, I want to give an opportunity there's anybody in this room that you've never given your heart to Jesus, Jesus loves you. He came to this earth. He died on a cross as someone had to take the sin of, of the world to be a sacrifice. And that's what he did for us. But he rose again. He now sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven interceding for us. There's nothing more that he wants and nothing more that we want than to see one more person come into relationship with him. And if you'd say, I am not walking in relationship here in a minute, I'm just going to ask you in a minute to raise your hand. But maybe there's also some people that you'd say, I, I've given my life to the Lord, but I'm not walking in a surrendered way. I'm not, I haven't given him everything. Maybe the thought of selling your stuff to say yes in a bold way like that, that sounds crazy. Maybe, maybe you want to, but, but you just want the Lord's help. And I want to ask us this morning, that if you'd say, I am not surrendered, I want to be. Or maybe you say, I've never given my life to Jesus before. And you say, I want this to be the day. I want him to come and forgive me and make me new. And I'm going to ask you, here right now, would you be bold? I'm not going to make you move from your seat, but would you just raise your hand high in the, in the air so I can see you? I want to be able to, uh, to pray with you. Anybody in the room? I don't want to miss anybody. Awesome. Thank you. Then could we pray together? Would you, as a, a church family this morning, could we all uh, pray this together? Would you, would you repeat after me? Dear Jesus, we love you. We invite you to be the Lord of our lives. We give you all of who we are. Make us new. And Lord Jesus, help us walk with an awe of who you are. Help us be thankful and give you praise in every situation. Lord, you are so good. And we're going to move forward with one common goal. To see one more person come to know you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. Radiant Life Church, let's go this week and let's walk in the power of God. Let's give God opportunities to speak into your life, but then that you can speak into others. Let's give God opportunities where we might just have to be in awe of God because we pray bold prayers. We get passionate about who he is. We get passionate about the word. We believe that what he said, who he is, that 
It's going to come out in our lives and be spread to those around us. Thank you so much this morning, Radiant Life, for being here. What an awesome Thanksgiving week. Pray that you had, that you got to experience. And uh, we today, as Radiant family, whether we have a cold ham or a hot ham, or whether turkey is our favorite for the three or four of you in the room, or whether we could probably do away with turkey, but tradition is just hard to break, whatever the spot is, let's serve our world as the Radiant family, as the body of Christ. Let's make a difference. That's what it's all about. Love you all. Have a great one. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a good one.